She's alive. Alive! So, welcome. <laughs> What's up, you guys? Welcome to the Ghoul Gang. Welcome to the Ghoul Gang. It's our 15th episode. I'm Ellie. And I'm Grace. You did not sound sure of yours, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not I'm sure of mine. I'm Ellie. I'm Grace. I'm, I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. <sighs> How's your week been going? Great, we had a snow day yesterday. That's right. And we, I don't know if you guys follow us on Instagram at Ghoul Gang Podcast, but we <laughs> literally marathoned like six movies it was yesterday. Amazing. I fell asleep during one of them, full uh, disclosure. Yes. Like, I slept through the entire thing. I don't remember, I remember maybe the first four minutes. All the boys love Mandy Lane. Yeah. That's when. Amber Heard wasn't anorexic. And was still hot as shit. Yeah. Mm. So what movies did we watch? We watched... We watched The Exorcist. Yep. We watched All the Boys Love Mandy Lane. We watched The Perfume... Or Perfume. Perfume. The Story, Story of a Murderer. Murderer. We watched... What was the other one? I watched... Um, it's that new one on Netflix that everyone's promoting. Uh, the Ritual? Ritual? Yeah. yeah, I didn't watch. Which that was yet. pretty good. It was a monster movie. Okay, which and then I like I love a good monster movie, especially when the monster is like done well, legit. Well, and you also watched the monster. Oh, which was garbage. Which was garbage. But um, I thought well, perfume is the fucking shit. Um, if you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor. It's old it's, school. It's 2006? not Yeah, but it it's so beautifully filmed. It's amazing. Uh, it's so underrated and like, I feel like not a lot of people know about it. Right. And it is, I mean, I guess I wouldn't necessarily say it's kind of horror. It's horror. Yeah. It is. It's fucked up. It gets dark. It is. It gets dark. Definitely dark. But it's done really well. Agreed. And it's like the sounds and the visuals, it's just really good. Yeah. It's, um, it's about, uh, it's set in the 1700s in France and it's about like a kid who um, I don't want to give too much away. He has like an incredible sense of smell, and it kind of leads to some really dark places. Places. I had an, an incredible sense of smell when I was pregnant, and it made me not want to be around my husband because I could smell his whole body. Ew. Yeah. No, it was so bad. It's like I could smell your skin, and it's grossing me out. I wonder why did you think? Why do pregnant women have such a heightened sense of it's smell? It's something about the hormone HCG that like heightens it hmm. and makes you more sensitive. I, I don't know, but that. it was the worst. Yeah, because I know my boss sometimes comes. She's pre- she's due any day now, and sometimes she's just like, I can't be in here. Yeah, like in like certain rooms, if someone's just eating something, yeah. she's like, huh? <laughs> yeah. Made um public transit a real nightmare. Oh God, I'm just thinking about you being pregnant on the L. Ugh, and like people in wet coats. And people not giving up their seats because oh. they're garbage humans. Oh yeah, that happened to me went like more than once when you were like eight months pregnant. Yeah, people are real gems. Way to go, Chicago. Dick bags. At any rate, um, my leading question for you this week: if you could. 
be in any horror movie, what would it be? Does it matter if I want to be the, like, villain or if I no. want to be, like, okay. Just in it, like, as a character. As a character in it. Oh, God. And I'm not talking about acting. I'm talking about, like, if you had to live a situation. If I had to live it. Okay. Yeah. Because acting, I would be in a Rob Zombie movie. Yeah, obviously. Um, If I had to live in a horror film situation, probably Jennifer's Body. Ooh, yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Because I think it'd be really fucking funny. I love Jennifer's Body. Because it's, it's like one of the best movies ever. But I also feel like it would be easy to live in that world uh-huh. because whether I was like a teacher in the school or a student, that would be good. Mm-hmm. But it would also be badass. And there would also be like fucking metal playing. So it's like, <laughs> got a tampon? Thought you might be plugging. <laughs> It <laughs> ah, is the best movie for one-liners. Oh my god, it's so good. I always call people lime green jello because yeah. of that movie. I'm like, oh my god, you are such lime green jello right now. It's not even funny. And they're like, what? Where's it at, Manistat? I'm like, ew. Yeah. I might... God, we have That's watched... That's all. We have watched so much TV. I know. It's a pr- fucking problem. Well, it is snowing so bad here. Yes. Like, there's just nothing got else to do. Snowpocalypse. Well, that's why we had a snow day yesterday. It was actually... It, I mean, there's a shit ton of snow out there. There is. What do you think? Like, a foot? No. No. Like... Yeah. Yeah. I'd say about a foot. Yeah. It's, um, it's pretty, But though. people don't plow the side streets in Chicago where us poor folk live. Seriously. They so. no. Or the alleys. Or the alleys. So. So that'll be there till it melts. Oh, yeah. 100%. Because I'm not fucking shoveling. <laughs> you kidding me? Although <laughs> you, I did. shit me? I uh, commented on my neighborhood's, like. Neighborhood watch. My neighborhood watch. And I was like, shovel your goddamn sidewalks. Because I don't have a car. Yeah. And I had to push Harper in a stroller That's, to the grocery yes. store. And it was legitimately like 90 minutes of cardio. The sidewalks need to be shoveled. <sighs> luckily, I mean, luckily ours look shoveled. Whatever. Yeah, so, what I, would what horror film would you like live? That's such a bizarre. Like, what would you live in? What world would you live in? <sighs> Winston, get your head out of the motherfucking pizza. Winston, <laughs> Winston, get up! He's not listening because I'm not close. There we go. Thank Emily you. got him. <laughs> <laughs> the cat loves pizza. Seriously, and when we record, we have pizza. <laughs> Always. We just bought a bag of 90 Totino's pizza rolls. <laughs> oh, God. I hate myself. I know. It's um, okay. I think... I think I would live in Rosemary's Baby. Okay. Because that satanic club that lives next door... Oh, my God. I'd be a member of it. <laughs> Those old people. So we could pick what we were going to be in yeah. the world? Kind of. I still picked Jennifer's Body, just... I think, because I'd want to be, like... What do you know. mean? Wait, what? I didn't know if we could, like, pick who we wanted to be in the movie. Oh, yeah. No, I'm just saying, in that movie, okay. I would probably... Because that was, like, the most ensemble cast. Yes. I wouldn't want to be Rosemary. No. Hell no. Mm-mm. Or her husband. But Mm-mm. I would want to be one of the Satan worshippers who, like, welcome... That would be really good. Yeah. <laughs> that would be really good. Who... It's eyes! What have you done with his eyes? <laughs> Oh my god. Such a good movie. It is a really good movie. Um, but that's a great segue into what we're talking about this week, yeah. which is cursed movies. Cursed movie sets. And sets, yes. 
Um, and I'm sure you've heard about some of them. So we're going to cover two of the biggest ones, but also give you some fun facts about some of the lesser known ones. Yes. And before we get too um, crazy into the podcast, I just want to do, in that same vein, give a shout out to a podcast that um, I just recently started listening to. I know Grace has been listening to it for a little bit. I haven't listened to it until recently, but it's the Upside Down podcast. Yes. And they recently gave us a shout out on Instagram and holy, holy shit. shit. <laughs> We got so many more followers, so thank you, ladies. Maybe it is right here in the middle. <laughs> I'm losing my mind just a little. I'm leaving it. Put it in the end. Okay, fine. Cut okay. that. Cut. Cut, Cut it off. Cut it off. All okay. right, so who wants to go first? Not me. I started first the last, like, eight times. It's true. It's true. It's and true. I did the entire Roanoke episode. I'm going to slap. <laughs> I'm going to slap. OG listeners will know. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> okay, so the film that I chose, the cursed film, is Poltergeist. Not only, it was probably one of the first horror movies that I saw mm-hmm. because I looked exactly like Carol Ann so when precious. I was little. Didn't she die? I'm getting there. Okay. I'll cut that. <laughs> <laughs> you did Cut it, cut it, cut it. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Um, okay. So, I'm getting this from 13thfloor.com. Oh, cool. Like the Not haunted the house? house. <laughs> I got excited. I was like, oh, there's a 13th floor? Yeah, they have a really comprehensive blog. I feel like, I'd be like, oh, shit. Yeah, no. But, hey, 13th floor, if you're listening, we'd love free tickets. Yeah, thank you. Um, so, in Poltergeist, the Freelings, a nice upper-middle-class family, move into a new house in a prototypical Spielberg-style neighborhood. So, it was like a prototype neighborhood, mm-hmm. if you haven't seen it. Um, so, they were living in, like, the model house mm-hmm. of this development that was currently being developed. It's come out right around when we were born. Yeah. Um, I actually didn't see Poltergeist until I was much older. I think Poltergeist I was... came out in 1982. Oh, fuck. Okay, yeah, so, so that was... older than us. Oh, way older. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, not that much older than me. <laughs> no, but it is. Yeah, like seven, seven years older. Yeah. Um, see where my sister was born. I feel like every time we have a story, I'm like, that's where my mom was born. That's where my sister was that's born. Where my parents were married. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I didn't see it until I was, uh, I want to say, like a junior or senior in high school. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I see. I saw it when I was super little because everyone, my family loved that movie and they were like, Grace looks like Carolyn. <laughs> Carolyn, go to the lot, Carolyn. <laughs> oh my God. That woman, we're going to get to her. She's from Teen Witch. I feel like we need to top that. Stop, stop that. that. I don't I really give up. a fuck trying to top that. Stop that. I stop that. Oh my god, I love it so much. And you know when they're like in the like the Teen Witch and the the guy are like they like put their hands up and like move around. You know what I'm talking yes, about? Yes, and yes, that, like dance dun, move. Dun, 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 dun. And then their tennis rackets. Yes, it's so bad. Oh, and she goes, I'm making goulash. <laughs> The fucking best movie. And she's like, should Louise! Louise! With like the brother to a We need to watch this movie tonight. We're it's watching like, it tonight. And he puts like marshmallows on the pizza. Oh, fuck, okay, go. Such a good movie. Such a good movie. Okay, so. I wonder if that movie was cursed. 
We should look it up. We should look it up. I bet you there's one, at least one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay, okay, so, but um, they're, they're living, I think the dad is a developer mm-hmm. or an investor in this neighborhood, so he moves his family into one of the houses. And this is based on a true story. No, it is not. <laughs> it absolutely is not. Um, but strange things start to happen, and their suburban ideal turns nightmarish. Heavy rains unearth tons of skeletons buried beneath their homes. So their houses were built on top of a cemetery that they were too cheap to right. relocate. And you they know just that didn't that happened by my parents. That happened on eighty eight. That whole stretch. Yeah, no, eighty three. No, eighty I'm saying eighty eight, you know, on this when there's cemeteries on both sides. Yeah. They paved right through it. You know, on, um, like, if you're coming from my parents' house and you're going on 83 to Yorktown Mall? Yeah, yeah. They have that, like, those big, beautiful new townhouses. Mm-hmm. This was, mm, I was, I was in high school. So this was quite a long time. So this was, like, 10 years ago. relocated, though. But they didn't move the fucking, they just moved the headstones, which happens. They didn't move the graves? No, they didn't move the graves. So that's why, and my mom was driving by, and she's like, you know, that's the Poltergeist Cemetery. <laughs> and I'm like, what, Mom? She goes, they built those houses on a burial ground. Like, Nina! No. All right, so, um, this is where it's fucked up. Um, okay, so obviously in the movie, uh, having a house buried on a cemetery kind of fucks your shit up. And crazy things start happening. Um, as the title suggests, they start having a lot of poltergeist activity. Mm -hmm. Um, and it really starts harming their family. But... In real life, Steven Spielberg and Toby Hooper, two nice upper middle class filmmakers, um, move into the film set and, without telling their actors, used actual human skeletons as their props. Why? They wanted to, to make it the most authentic they could. Jesus Christ. So they're asking for trouble. They were using actual human bones. Where did they get them? Um, let me see. That's in, that's that's twisted. Yeah, so, I love it, but it's twisted. Yeah, so um, that's some H H Holmes shit. Yeah, they didn't say where they got them. Probably like they could have. You can get human skeletons. Yeah, for from, like classrooms yeah. and all that shit. But they use them in a really disrespectful way. Yeah, that's. You know? I don't love that. No, I don't either. Um, Even so, though I just said I love that. <laughs> So, strange things started happening. Lightning strikes on set, accidents, and more. And these, uh, this leads to whispered rumors and an E! True Hollywood episode. Oh, my God. That the dead are taking revenge upon the poltergeist cast, targeting I... the children involved, which is insane because two of the children in the movie were, they died in real life. Right. Shortly after filming. Yeah, that's so sad. Yeah, so let's get into that. Um, this, uh, according to believers, the curse ultimately claimed the lives of Freeling family members of Heather O'Rourke, who played Carol Ann, mm-hmm. and Dominique Dunn, who played her older sister, the one who was out 
you know? Yeah. Um, who was like, what's happening? She came back like in the middle of it yes. and was like, why didn't anybody tell me where I was going? Yeah. Because you're annoying. Because you're a teenager. Fuck you. Oh my God. I'm sorry. She's dead. That's that is dead. really mean. But, but we're, we're talking, talking about, about her character. Her character. Yeah, not her. Character. Um. So they both dried. Dried. They both died <laughs> tragically and very young. Hmm, that is um, so sad. So, if anyone represents the Poltergeist series, it is Heather O'Rourke, who's Carol Ann. Right. The young, blonde, sweet little angel. Sweet little baby angel. Only five years old when she started in Poltergeist. O'Rourke's Carol Ann is the soul of the franchise, the innocent target, targeted by the evil around which the story revolves. Mm. <clears throat> Never forget that clown. Her, her reading of the line, They're here transcended the movie and is one of the most remembered taglines in film history. Yeah. I used to do that all the time and like freak out because I had the same haircut like the yeah. blunt bangs and like the white blonde hair. <laughs> I looked I looked exactly like her when I was little. Um so but O'Rourke's involvement with the film may have come with a terrible price. Hmm. After appearing in all three of the Poltergeist movies, O'Rourke died tragically and somewhat mysteriously at only 12 years old. What? I don't know what happened to her. She, it's like pneumonia or something. Oh. Um, in the middle of shooting Poltergeist 3, she was rushed to Cedar sinai in L.A. where she died in the middle of surgery. Immediately after her death, O'Rourke's manager mistakenly reported that the child had died of the flu. Oh. But the actual cause of death was stranger than that. O'Rourke, it turns out, died from septic shock during oh. emergency surgery to repair acu- an acute bowel obstruction. Oh, God. But how does a 12-year-old get that? I thought that happens with, like, older people. Well... If they're doing, um, the sad thing is, is if they're doing surgery on her bowel, yeah. if something happens mm-hmm. where it, like, like, the only reason that I know anything about this is because of my dad. Right. Yeah. And he I had, was going to say. But, like, and he almost died as an adult because that happened sepsis. to him. Well, yeah. sepsis just means your body is going toxic. Yes. Like, all of the toxins are flooding your bloodstream. Right. So, if something happened when they were, like, doing surgery on her bowel, like, yeah, that it, could definitely do that, which is, like... But at 12, that's And also, so like, sad. they're doing surgery and they know what they're doing. Yeah. So, like, that what shouldn't happened. happen. Exactly. That's why they're saying it's mysterious. Yeah. Um, so, um, O'Rourke was born with stenosis of the intestines that was never diagnosed. Oh. Instead, doctors said she had Crohn's disease, which is much more manageable. Right. Still right. terrible. I have friends with Crohn's yes, disease. And it's, it's brutal. Um, according to a lawsuit filed by her parents, her death could have been prevented had she received the correct diagnosis. Oh, God. That's so fucked up. Ugh. Ugh. God, this makes me so scared about having kids. I know. Well, uh... I already have one. You already have one. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's why I'm like every little bump and bruise. I'm not. I refuse to be like that Munchausen by proxy mom. <laughs> but I am like always. I'm like always testing her balance. Like making sure she's okay. All right. The okay. The other really fucked up story is about um, Dominique Dunn, mm-hmm. who is um, the daughter of Dominic Dunn. The famous crime reporter. Oh, shit. I didn't who know that. famously reported on the Menendez brothers trial. Right. And like right. wrote a book about it. He did. He uh, wrote a book on OJ. Like right. he is very 
Isn't that so ironic that she would get murdered? Yeah. And, and have him as a dad? That's that's horribly ironic. Okay, so let's see what uh, 13th Floor has to say about this. Um, Dominique Dunn played Dana Freeling, the teenage daughter in the original Poltergeist. Like her co-star, Heather O'Rourke, uh, Poltergeist was Dunn's first feature film. Thanks to the, incre- the movie's incredible success, Dunn had gone from small television parts to a huge film career overnight. But behind the scenes, her life was in its own kind of nightmare. In 1981, Dunn began a relationship with John Sweeney, a chef at a trendy L.A. restaurant. Sweeney was, according to court testimony, an abusive, jealous, and angry man. Mm. The couple fought constantly, with Sweeney reportedly beating Dunn savagely. Yeah, that's kind of... We just have we have a bunch of photos printed out and they're all looking at us and it's very daunting. <laughs> um, so after a particularly violent row, where Sweeney reportedly strangled Dunn and jumped on her car Shit. hood to keep her from leaving, Dunn moved out and ended their relationship, which is the most dangerous step you can take. Right. Um, Unfortunately, she didn't have the support to... So, but Sweeney didn't take no for an answer. According to police reports, on the night before Halloween in 1982, the chef carved a chocolate mask of Dominique's face and delivered it to her door. What? After a brief argument, Sweeney strangled Dunn into unconsciousness. Jesus. When the police arrived, Sweeney told them... I killed my girlfriend and I tried to kill myself, but he was wrong. The attempted murder only ended up strangling Dunn into a coma. She spent four days in the coma, teetering between life and death before finally succumbing on November 4th, 1982. Mm. Sweeney served less than four years for this crime. After prison, he changed his name and has presumably been living as a free man ever since. What the fuck? I'm not even going to ask why, because it probably doesn't say why, but that is so beyond fucked. I know. Is it because he didn't actually murder her, like, at first? I think it was because he didn't have intent. You know, like, it wasn't premeditated. Right. I don't, I have no idea. Like we talked about in our last podcast, we have, we don't know how the criminal justice system works. Yeah, we are not a crime Oh, God. Oh, that's so sad. Ew. That's so sad. So, like we mentioned earlier, the origin of this curse um, was most likely the real use, or the use of real skeletons mm-hmm. on the set. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was first made public by actress Jo Beth Williams, who dropped the fact on VH1's I Love the 80s. <laughs> I love that show. I know. That was good. Um, a film crew using real human remains to dress a set seemed too strange to be true, but it turns out Williams wasn't m- misremembering her day shooting Poltergeist. Yes, the skeletons were real, she, confirmed like, Poltergeist assistant prop master Bruce Casson. I mean... Oh, they came from Carolina Biological, so that's where they came from. Okay. Um, Kasson said, naming a medical and science supply company that sold human skeletons mainly for medical schools. Mm-hmm. Um, replica skeletons did not exist, as far as I remember at that time. They are what? now common and relatively cheap. 
Well, yeah. Well, okay. Like, m- medically right. accurate. Right. Skeletons. I mean. Now we can just go to fucking Target. Yeah. Seriously. But he says, as for the curse, this filming was, wasn't any different than any other production I was a part of. Hmm. Ah, there it is. There's the clown. Oh, we'll, ah. post, we'll post him. I hate him. Um, so, haunting. There's also hauntings on set. Oh, shit. Like they're saying. Um, so Prop Master Casson um, may not have felt the curse, but others who worked on Poltergeist tell of strange experiences. Reportedly, the mechanical clown used in the movie malfunctioned and strangled actor Oliver Robbins. That's my fucking nightmare. <laughs> what? Yes. According... Malfunctioned my butt. Robbins, who played Robbie, the youngest son, who actually, in the movie... Yeah. Was, that was his clown... Um, uh, was supposedly almost killed because the crew thought the strangulation was just very convincing acting. What? I can't. I can't. Oh my god. Were people just profoundly stupid on this set? That kid was like seven. You can't be that good of an actor. I'm sorry. Jesus Christ. Wow, he's an amazing actor. He's going to get an Oscar. He's going places. Nope. Oh, shit, that's happening. <laughs> oh, oh, turn it off. Turn it off. We can't turn off the clown, Tom. God. Uh, along, with, ooh, along with the revealing the skeletal nature of the curse, Jo Beth Williams told E! True Hollywood Story that she would return home every night after filming Poltergeist to find something had tilted all the picture frames in her home. Mm. <laughs> Just spit it out. Just, no. She got, I got it. it. She got it. She was taking a sip of water when I told her. <laughs> okay. Jeez. Um, so she said, I began to think that someone was trying to send me a message that I shouldn't be doing this film. Yeah, bitch. Yeah, no shit. It's the fucking poltergeist. It's the energy goblins. It's the energy goblins that are desecrating this set. After months of something coming in my house and dripping blood down the walls. <laughs> I thought maybe I shouldn't do this movie anymore. Um... We need a t-shirt that says Energy Goblin. I know. Um, by the way, we have been blown away by everyone's reaction to wanting merch. Yeah. So we're going to make that happen. It might take a little bit because yeah. we have no idea what we're doing. But, um, but we're definitely going to get something set up on our website, hopefully in the next month or two. Yeah. Okay. Energy Goblin. Energy Goblin. Um... Maybe the most poltergeist-like story connected to the story belongs to author James Kahn. Kahn was tasked with writing the novelization of the movie. Oh. oh, so it's like an opposite. Yeah. Interesting. I like that. Mm. Mm. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, and he says that as he was finishing the novel, a freak lightning bolt struck the building he was working in. That's like a common theme. Yeah, with the these lightning cursed movie sets. Yeah. yeah. Um, the facing on the air conditioning unit blew off, flew across the room, and hit me in the back, Con said. Oh, shit. And after about half a minute or a minute, the lights flickered and went on, and all the video games in the room started playing themselves. 
What the fuck? Wait, how many video games do we have in one room? <laughs> <laughs> if you go in my roommate's room, there's like 85. No, but the, but you only have one console. Oh, that's true. Like, the CDs just can't start playing themselves. No. Or can they? Ooh, spooky. So, uh, I'm nearing the end here. Um, other deaths connected with poltergeist. Um... Uh, obviously the success led to a couple of sequels. The third one was actually pretty awesome. I haven't seen any of the sequels. Uh, the third one was good. It was in a high rise hmm. and it was like super 80s, like Dynasty 80s. Yeah. Ooh, it was really good. We good. should watch it. Um, and a lot of like elevator malfunction mm-hmm. stuff. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... So this led to a continuation of the strange events and deaths that plagued the first Poltergeist film. Reportedly, the crew behind Poltergeist sequel used real human remains in their movies, too. What? Okay. Um, Will Sampson, who played the mystical Indian in the movie, was a real-life shaman. Shit. Whoa! He was apparently upset enough about the curse that he delayed production for hours to perform a Muscogee Indian blessing to clear the set of evil. That's like when I bought my Palo Santo over yeah, here to clear your house. got every corner. I've been into some really witchy shit lately. Hey, though. listen, we know, all know I'm a witch, so. Yeah, I've been doing the whole crystal sage and Palo Santo. I, found- I just need some, I need some more positive energy in my life. I don't know if we want to talk about this now or later, but I found something else. What? 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 Your coat. <gasps> That's right! Oh my god, dude. Okay, so I so. was missing. I had just, well, I didn't just buy, I bought it last winter. It was like a $150 coat, a really nice coat. And I knew I left it somewhere. And we had a weird, like we said, we went out dancing yeah last week which is we never do no and i lost my coat in between ellie's house the club and ellie's house again yeah and yesterday i was like it has to be here somewhere and she was like i sense it i know it's here i feel it i feel its presence i'm gonna look behind that couch and she found it (laughs) no but she had also been looking around all week for it and i had been looking around thinking like maybe i brought it home Maybe the trick is that you have to be with me. Yeah. <gasps> Maybe it's connected psychic power. Mm-hmm. Folly adieu. Folly adieu. Except for not no, crazy adieu. We're not, we're not crazy. Not folly adieu. Just adieu. Adieu. Adieu, All right. All right. All right. So we've got this actual chief um, performing this thing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> So, so apparently it didn't work. <laughs> Not only did Heather O'Rourke die uh, a year after the ceremony, Samson himself perished less than a year later from complications from a kidney transplant. Holy shit. So the Indian chief himself died. Oh, or shaman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, Indian chief, that was insensitive. Shaman. Um, Samson's not the only one death connected to the sequel. The evil preacher came from Poltergeist 2. Oh, my God. This guy was so creepy. Here's his picture. Oh, ew. I know. Is he braces? No. He no. just has really scary teeth. <laughs> um, there's a reason his deathly pallor looks so realistic in the film. The actor, Julian Beck, was suffering from a 
advanced stomach cancer during the filming, oh. and he died soon after the movie was completed. Wow. Both Beck and Samson were older and unhealthy to begin with, and once you get into deaths of older actors from pre-existing conditions, the connections to a curse are less tenuous. You know, right. like, they're... Right. That doesn't make much sense. But there's one death vaguely connected to Poltergeist that bears mentioning, if only because it's so grisly. Ooh. Lou Perryman had a bit part in the original Poltergeist playing Pugsley, a construction worker. In 2009, the 67-year-old actor was chilling in his home in Austin, Texas. Who wrote this? When Seth Tatum knocked on his door. According to witnesses, the two had a brief conversation and went inside together. Seth left the house alone. When police searched his residence, they found Perryman dead. His body hacked apart with an axe. What? Tatum seems to have chosen Perryman completely at random. In the midst of some kind of psychotic fatigue, or fugue, Tatum... Wait, we can't listen to that until we talk about... We can't talk about that until we talk about Rosemary's Sorry, baby. we're back, y'all. Okay. Someone was shoveling outside, and we had to stop recording, and then we realized we should stop bitching that they're shoveling, because they're out there shoveling when we're not going to shovel. Oh, uh, I don't even have any real pants on. <laughs> so. hey Anyway, um, when police searched his residence, they found Perryman dead, his body hacked apart by an axe. God damn. Tatum seems to have chosen Perryman completely at random. In the midst of some side of in the midst of some kind of psychotic feud, Tatum left his house and wandered aimlessly for three miles around Austin before knocking on Perryman's door. What? Yeah. I feel like this entire episode is me just going, what? I know. Because it's nutty. I know. Of all the thousands of doors in Austin he could have knocked on. Right. Why did Tatum pick that in particular to knock on? Maybe coincidence. Maybe, Maybe a it's curse. curse. <laughs> exactly what it was. Okay, so the last bit on Poltergeist is this, is this is a lot. It's good. I know, and it's called the curse continues. Question mark. <laughs> I'm Ellie. <laughs> I'm great. Uh, like seemingly every beloved horror classic from the 70s and 80s, Poltergeist was recently rebooted. Oh, and fucking terrible. Oh, that's your, that was, was it was so bad. bad. It was really bad. Oh, so I don't even know if I want to read this, but I will. Director Gil Kennan was actually hoping the Poltergeist curse would be rebooted as well. Ooh, he wanted it? He says, my family's lucky number is 13. We kind of have this reverse psychology where we search for the greatest chance of something supernaturally stacked against us. And so by searching for it, we're protected. It's demented. Yeah, you're fucking right. It's demented. What the fuck is wrong with you? Um, He may have gotten his wish. Kenan reports ex- inexplicable equipment failure on set and said the curse followed him away from the filming. I don't believe that. That's garbage. And he's just saying, ooh, the curse. Look at me. No, dude. Fuck you. You're just trying to latch on. I bet that was just for PR. I'm sure it was. He was like, everything's cursed. Come look at this movie I'm making. No, that was a it was a bag of dicks. It was so bad. It was horrific. And I remember I was like, I was kind of excited I was for excited. it. Like, I, I like a good, like, well done reboot, but 
Poltergeist is so hard to top. And it's so timeless. Like, you would never guess that movie was from 82. No, for sure. What's the little lady's name? Oh, the witch? From Teen Witch? Yeah. I don't know, but she passed recently. I know. Look at uh, Teen Witch IMDb. Okay. Listen, I am not trying to be a bitch right now, but this woman is so horrifying right before she... Oh, no. Zelda Rubenstein. And she was so, she's, I mean, she's I an incredible woman. I'm making goulash. <laughs> she's an incredible woman and I'm not trying to be terrible. You know, it might just be that it's this photo. It's the photo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she's mm-hmm. a precious pup. It's the photo. Mm-hmm. It's not. Mm-hmm. She looks like, yeah, it's just, it's fucked. Come to the light, Caroline. Come to the light. Images. Zelda Rubenstein. Nina Schnubenstubend. Teen Witch. And they know it. When I snap my fingers, everybody says, Sure, I'm hot. And you're not. But if you want to hang with me, I'll give it one shot. Top that. I always thought he was kind of hot. Oh my god. Oh my god, they're outfits! And the fucking DeLorean behind them. No, just go up and then talk to him. Are you kidding? Oh my god, I'm obsessed when she puts it on her. They're tennis rackets, I told you. I know. Oh god, I'd wear everything the guy in the middle is wearing. I will never be hip. Louise! Rub your stone, bitch! Talk about appropriation. All these guys oh. are real white. Here she goes! Supersonic, idiotic, disconnected, not respected. Who would ever really want to go and top that? Such a waste of pretty face, but hanging in your nose face. I wish that you would take a look and really stop that. Do near this is the best part watching they go around. Move into the, the Exorcist. Exorcist. Uh, moving into The Exorcist, that is uh, Poltergeist's 
that was way more than I thought there yeah, was. Yeah, no, it. that's why I dibsed it. Yeah, bitch. I did. I texted her. I said dibs on poltergeist. You asshole. All right, and then I, fine. Which I really wanted to do The Exorcist. And so. we just watched it yesterday, so yeah. it's fresh. Yes, it's fresh. Um, okay, so I. <laughs> how were how did you just say? It's fresh. <laughs> um. Okay, I don't know what website this is from because I copied and pasted it into Word, but I am gonna be using. Demonic Apedia, I believe it's pronounced. Ooh, I like yeah. that. Um, iNews, a little bit of iNews. Uh, yeah. Cool, and then cool, this cool. one that I copied and pasted, I'm so sorry. I don't, I, it wouldn't print from the interwebs. But Is that the list I sent you? No. Oh, okay. This one's a different one. All right, so in 19, just a little background. If you haven't seen The Exorcist, if you haven't, you probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast. I mean, what are you doing with your life? Go watch it now. Go watch it now. Um, I bet it's on YouTube, like, for free. Oh, it's so sad. So Grace and I, when we first started this podcast, before we recorded the Congress, we recorded an episode that was just kind of, like, a little bit about ourselves. And we had to get... We deleted it because the... The audio... It was so terrible. And the Congress audio is brutal, too, but, like... We had to keep it in because it was our first episode, and so... I loved that episode. If you've stuck with us this long, thank you. Thank and you. And you know that it gets better. It gets better. It does. <laughs> but the first one, Grace asks me... The first thing she asks me when the mic goes on is, what's your favorite scary movie? Mm-hmm. And then she also asks me what... We talked about, like, what got you into the world of horror. Yeah. Um, and I talk about The Exorcist. Yeah, we both did. Mm-hmm. The Exorcist, I think, is definitely, like, a common thing that people... Some people have that in common when you talk to people who are into horror. Uh-huh. Like, most people, like, one of the first things they'll say is, The Exorcist changed my life, or well, it's scary. It, and it's always, like, everyone can remember exactly where they were, yes. what they were doing, yes. like, what year it was. Like, we talked about how the first time I watched it, ours were very similar. We were yeah. both in our mom's room. Yep. We were both not allowed to watch it, mm-hmm. and it was in the middle of the day, yep. and we had the blinds pulled down. Yes. With friends. Yeah, it was... And it fucked me It fucks up. you up. It really fucks you <laughs> Especially up. Especially when you're, like, nine. Yeah, and I, it's one of those slow burns. Mm-hmm. It's, like, the next day or the next night. Like, you're watching it, and you're like, this is fucked up, but then, like, at night, it, sometimes mm-hmm. it's, it comes, like, that night or, like, a couple like, nights later, and you're like... And you're like, does this mean I'm more susceptible to demons? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And if you talk to, um, one of my favorite things to do with people like my mom's age is mm-hmm. to talk to them about the exorcist because my mom was raised so, so strictly Catholic. No, my mom wasn't. My mom's not Catholic. That's right. No, my dad's Catholic. My okay. mom's Protestant. Okay. So my mom was raised like, so, and she was going to become a nun. So it mm-hmm. fucked her. Yeah. In the head. Like, it really... Let Jesus fuck you. Yeah, oh, my God. Cut that out. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know yeah. the scene we're talking about with that crucifix. Oh, my God. It's so insane. And then she shoves so... her mom's face into it. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. It'll... Man, what, we, what year was that? 70-something? 73. 73. Yeah. Fuck. Can you... That, that pushed boundaries. Yes, it did. And, my, like, if you Google... If, if you want to see something really interesting, you've probably already seen it, but... There's um, really cool videos on YouTube of the people people throwing up, leaving the theater, like running for the exits, yeah. like passing out. So I think my mom had a similar story. Mm-hmm. She also, um, the birds really messed her up. What was I just saying yesterday? Yeah, yeah. That I won't watch the birds. She said the birds like really, really, like 
mentally scarred her. It's I'm I'm scared shitless of birds because of that movie. Um, did you know we had a pet bird? Did you have a pet bird? Named we had Sydney. A, we had a pet chicken named Chicken. You did? Yeah. And then my mom fed it chicken and got really upset, so she gave it to a farm. Why would you? She wasn't chi- thinking because we had. Well, we had <laughs> we. <laughs> she cannibalized your chicken. Well, so my mom. I'll give you the really brief. My mom was a teacher, and this was I was really little. Uh, this was in like the early '90s, and she uh they hatched baby chicks and then they'd give them to the mu- uh not the museum of science and industry oh yeah yeah, the, yeah it is the museum of science. is it yeah they um, have the hatching thing in the kids zone yes and so then they'd give them to them and they'd take care of them or whatever whatever and my mom snuck one home snuck an egg home <laughs> nina would she would she really would she is like a bleeding she, heart she is that kind of woman who would yes. be like I am taking this chicken home. <laughs> and I'm going to give it to my kids. I don't even like chickens, but uh, I'm taking it. Yeah. And so it hatched, and we had her, and her name was Chicky. And then we realized Chicky was a boy because he started to crow, and then we gave him away. But the point is, my mom was cutting up chicken for, like, a dinner or something, and we had dogs, too. And she was giving the dogs a little bit of chicken, and without thinking, she handed a little bit to the chicken. And it, like, made her really upset. She was so upset with herself. <laughs> oh, Nina. I know. Anyway. Aww. Birds, poltergeists, that's exorcists. Our, that's our Nina section for the yeah, day. that's Nina's corner. Okay. In 1973, William Friedkin set out to bring William Blady's, Blady or Blady, I'm not sure, William Blady's novel, The Exorcist, to the big screen. It's the story of a young girl possessed by a demon. The Exorcist instilled terror in audiences, taking on the subject of demonic possession and a very controversial Catholic ritual was sure to turn a few heads. But after many strange and catastrophic occurrences, many became convinced that the film set and the movie itself were cursed by an actual demon. So here we go. Uh, and can we just say that this was the catalyst for Satanic Panic? Yes. The release of the book, and then with the hysteria that followed the movie, mm-hmm. like, this is the start of Satanic Panic. Yeah. Ouija boards, mm-hmm. metal music. Manson. Yeah, all of it. Yeah. Um. So, obviously, The Exorcist is based off of a real-life event, which, mm-hmm. like, if you look into it, and I've done this before, and I know you have too, exorcism is like one of my it's one of the things that I look up the most because and I, I get in these like wormholes mm-hmm. you got clubfoot yeah I got my clubfoot yeah <clears throat> um it's one of like I can go into a fucking wormhole for hours and days right. I remember one night you kept sending me exorcism videos <laughs> and I was like Ellie I'm trying to sleep this is not the best I can't sleep Grace I can't sleep I've been watching too many exorcism videos. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, uh, so obviously this is based off of, like, a real-life event and, like, something that the Catholic Church, like, actually did. Like, this isn't just, like, a Hollywood kind of thing. It's whether or not you believe in demonic possession or not, like... It, exorcisms themselves are real things. Yeah. Um, oh my so, God, especially depending on where in the world you live. Mm-hmm. Like South America, they have it yes, all the time. Absolutely. Um, so the long and the short of it is, is he wrote his, um, William Blatty wrote his 1971 novel, The Exorcist, based on the real life exorcism of a boy known through the pseudonym as Roland Doe. 
Catholic priests at Georgetown University Hospital performed the real-life exorcism, but had to stop when the boy managed to get free from his restraints, pull a bedspring out of his mattress, and slash one of the priest's arms. <gasps> when Blatty wrote the novel, Roland's family requested that the character be changed to a girl in order to protect the boy's identity. Roland went on to live a normal life with no memory of the incident, retiring decades later from NASA. That's what they say. Whoa, he worked at NASA? Yeah. Cool. That's really cool. So, wow. So that's what his book was based off of. So if that's what his book, I mean, if that's what this movie is based off of, that's fucked up. That is really fucked up. Um, but I'm sure liberties were taken. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So... Here's another thing that happened. Um, shooting was delayed after the set caught on fire. Okay. And it <laughs> and it um, it destroyed what was supposed to be the McNeils' home, like the original set mm-hmm. that they built. It the fire completely destroyed it. Fuck. Yeah. Um, director William Friedkin blamed the incident on a winged creature <laughs> with talons. It seemed to be. What? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> he, he blamed it on a winged creature with talons, but later they think that it was a pigeon that had found its way. Birds, man. Birds. <laughs> <laughs> that had found its way into one of the circuit boxes, which caused the fire. However... Oh my God, that's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> Fried chicken, am I right? <laughs> um, However, the fact that Reagan's room was unharmed by the fire is still pretty creepy. The whole house burned down, but Reagan's room wasn't. Fuck. Yeah. She was protected by the devil, yeah. She was protected by the devil. Ooh. I will pit! Oh. <laughs> I will piss and shit on I'm your so grave! Ooh, I'm sorry for anyone who's just listening to this episode. <laughs> Um, hey, you want to go watch Paradise Lost? <laughs> you sure do. Except be forewarned, it's real. Trigger it's fucking real warning, drown- dude. Real downing. Oh, I almost said drowning. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, God! It's a real drowner. It's both both of those things. I know, it's horrible. Okay. Another, um, so I'm just going to go through them. Um, during filming, actress Ellen Bernstein, who played Reagan's mother was accidentally injured when the possessed Reagan throws her to the ground. Mm-hmm. The take was actually used in the film, and the blood-curdling scream she lets out is completely genuine. Yeah, because she broke her back. Yeah, and so it says the injury still bothers her to this day, so mm-hmm. she's still messed up because of it. Um, I actually just listened to her um, on a podcast with Gloria Steinem. Oh. And they were both talking about lives in the public eye mm-hmm. and everything, and Ellen Burstyn... Who is amazing. Um, fucking Requiem for a Dream. Yeah. I don't know if she got an Oscar for that, but she should have. Great. <laughs> it's for the rappers, Harry. And on my TV, it's just for the rappers. <laughs> um, I know we talk about my awards. Grace thinks everybody gets- No, no. It was just that one. The Craft? It was just The Craft, which the craft? deserved all the Oscars. Which won the Oscar for best film. Uh, fact. <laughs> Okay, uh, let's see. So chances are good that any film that takes over a year to complete will be associated with bad incidences, right? The But The Exorcist had more than a few deaths. Actors Jack McGowan and Vissaliki Miliaros. Vissaliki Miliaros. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Both died while the film was in post-production. What makes Whoa. their yeah, dude. What makes their death strange is that the characters died in the films as well. 
Is that the priest and the young priest? Fuck, dude. I guess so. Oh, no, wait. I bet it's the producer. Here, let me gurgle. Actors? No. No, I know, but I'm saying... Okay, so what are the names? Vasiliki Miliaros and Jack McGrowan. McGowan. McGowan. Okay, so Vasiliki's the the grandmother. Okay. She is the... Why you, Demi, why, why you do, do this to me, Demi? Um, and then who? Jack, uh, Jack McGowan. McGowan. Yeah, McGowan. Um, yeah, so he was the, the producer, the producer, the, her director friend. Okay. Um, but they were, you know. So, yeah. But um, that is kind of very coincidental. Yeah, so that, other deaths that occurred during the filming of The Exorcist include Linda Blair's grandfather, well, and Max von, von Sydow's brother. Hmm. Um, so, who, like, people connected. Yeah, and who died on Max's first day of shooting. Whoa! Yes. Um, yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Also, while filming, the son of Jason Miller, who played father Damien Karras, was nearly killed when a motorcycle hit him. I heard about that. Yeah, I did too. Um, while filming... He reminds me of Rocky. Sylvester Stallone? No, but Rocky. But Rocky itself. Specifically. Yeah, Totally. Like, uh, the, the, before the, his the, face got real swollen with, with like, his fillers uh, and shit. <laughs> you know? Yes. While filming one of the possession scenes, Linda was thrown out of the bed when a piece of rigging broke, causing her to injure her back. Additionally, after the film's release, Linda received so many death threats that the studio had to hire bodyguards to escort her for the next six months. What the fuck? She was a child! Yes. Why yes. did she get death threats? Because people thought they people, were the devil? I'm sure. Whoa. Or like, like I'm sh- fucking, pe- people are insane. Especially during the 70s and like the start of this whole satanic panic. Because this it was, was after- not a thing. Like we are so desensitized because of all the crazy horror films we well, watch. And also religion is kind of on the decline. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. But this, I mean, also like they were probably like, why would you ever fucking do anything like that? Like, you know. But she's still a child. I know. That, like. I mean, it's kind of badass that she fucking filmed this. I know. And and the fact that Linda Blair went on to host Scariest Places on Earth. She's a badass. I love Linda Blair. Yeah, she is a badass. Also, I mean, I feel like I remember watching interviews with her, and I feel like I remember... This could be totally inaccurate. We could have to make corrections. This could be Jessica Simpson's favorite cryptid. It... <laughs> Linda Blair is Jessica Simpson's favorite cryptid. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, like, I feel like Linda Blair has said, like... I I don't think she knew what she was signing up for when she took the job. Of course not. How yeah. could you? Yeah. I think, I don't, yeah, I don't think they really knew. But I, I mean, if you're a kid and you're trying to break into acting and you get this major motion picture. Right. You're going to say yes. Changed her, I mean, it changed the entire trajectory of her life. Uh, it changed the whole genre of horror. Yes, it did. She deserves to be celebrated. She does deserve I to love, be celebrated. I love, wish there was a horror hall of fame. Love Linda Britt. Uh, ding, 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 million dollar idea. <laughs> I, yeah, that would be amazing. Let's if you it. were like fucking inducted. In, inducted into the Horror Hall of Fame. Oh my God, that's my dream. I haven't even created Horror Hall of Fame yet, but I want to be in it. No, we're in it. We're in it. Okay, we're already in it because we made it. 
Um, <laughs> we have a horror podcast. Can we just get in? Um, excuse me, but we have like 200 people that listen to us on the weekly, so thank you. Oh, by the way, uh, we just hit 3,000 downloads last week. So thank you. Thank you. In 1987, actress Mercedes McCambridge, who played the demonic voice of Pazuzu, mm-hmm. was the victim of a horrific tragedy when her son was, when her son murdered his wife and children before taking his own life. Okay. Holy shit. That was her son? Yeah. Whoa. Wow. She played the voice for uh... Reagan? No, well, one of the voices that came out of Reagan. Okay. Yikes. Criminy. How? I feel like I could I could do that. You could totally audition for voices. Um, okay, so many believe that the actual film was cursed and that playing it through a projector... Ooh, yikes! And that playing it through a projector was an invitation for demonic possession. Just through a projector? Yeah, just like, just playing it was like basically an open invitation um, for demons. Okay, so that's what I thought actually when I watched it as, totally. a, as a nine-year-old. I was like, because I watched this, yes. I am now open to being possessed by yes, a demon. Yes, 100%. Uh, televangelist Billy Graham stated, <laughs> Fuck fucking you, Billy, Billy Graham. Graham, suck my God ass. damn it. Sorry. Tell us how we Can really tell, feel. Yeah. Can you tell how we feel about televangelists? Bastard. Mm. Uh, they're, they're just money stealing. Fucking, who was that one who didn't open his church for? Oh, God. I don't. Joel I can, Osteen. Yes. What a fucking bag of what dicks. What a cocksucker. He is a bastard. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, y'all. Um, so, I'm Ellie. <laughs> and I'm Grace. And we're going to be We've never been delicate flowers. <laughs> never. Ever. Um, so he says, there is a power of evil in the film, in the fabric of the film itself. And when it was first, I knew this, when it was first released, the film was banned in every Middle Eastern country but Lebanon. The re-release was banned in Lebanon. Mm-hmm. And during the Roman premiere, audiences had to fight their way through a torrential downpour accompanied by thunder and lightning in order to get to the theater. Wait! And, and, and read what happened at the premiere. It says many claimed inside to hear a horrific, almost demonic demon cry coming from outside once the film started rolling. And... At one showing, a woman was so frightened she passed out in the theater and broke her jaw when she fell. She later sued the filmmakers, suggesting that the subliminal messages caused the accident. Warner Brothers settled out of court for an undisclosed amount. Also, at the premiere in Paris, it premiered across the street from a centuries-old cathedral. And as the red carpet was being let in, Mm -hmm. like... The cross from the top of the cathedral fell. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. That's insane. Yes, dude. Jesus walks. <laughs> Jesus. No? All right. Um, so, okay. So, the shooting of the movie... I, the shooting of the movie was delayed by six weeks because of that fire. Mm-hmm. Because um, they were in uh, Cambridge? Or Georgetown. Mm-hmm. Georgetown. Yeah. So Jason Miller, the guy who played Damien, uh, Father Damien Karras, mm-hmm. he was in an accident and so was his son. His son was the one who was hit by a motorcycle. Uh, it was his son? It, oh, I thought it was him. Oh, no, it was him. Okay. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jason, the guy, obviously the guy who played um, Father Damien Karras, he almost died when he got hit, like when he got hit by a motorcycle. But it mm-hmm. says, interestingly, Miller was approached by a priest in the street before he got hit who handed him a medallion and gave him a foreshadowing remark. He warned him against people who will do things to, unquote, reveal the devil for the trickster that he is. And he will seek retribution against you or he will even try to stop you. Um, stop what you are doing to do to unmask him, end quote. Perhaps Miller should have taken heed to the priest's cautionary advice, and then a week later he was hit by that motorcycle. Can you just grab my face right now? Grace is just grabbing her face. Whoa! That is like the... I, but those yeah. are one of those premonitions where it's like, was it really a premonition? Because or it's was so it just a crazy on. priest? Yeah. Right. Um... Yeah, so man, that's insane. Yeah, the other thing about this is like people, like people were literally passing out left and right. Oh yeah, people were leaving the theaters because they had fainted. Like, well, also they were being carried out, like literally. No, and also like literally, like 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 convulsing and like. Well, but that's like those Pentecostal Pentecostal churches where people start speak. Of Christ compels you. Can I just tell you that my mom, um, one of the many stories that my mom has told me that made me believe in the supernatural, she went to one of these Pentecostal church services in the 60s mm-hmm. when she was a teenager, and um, people started speaking in tongues, you know, as they do in those kinds of services, and she went into the bathroom. Because she was like, this is really weird. And she came out of the stall, and one of the women in the bathroom turned to her. Nope. And in a completely mm-hmm. different voice said something I don't remember. But like, like something very foreboding. And uh, that's why she believes in that kind of stuff. Because I've my mother is not a liar. If she, no, if she no, 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 no. But a liar. She's a hippie. That's no. for sure. But she, she, my mom and I did this kind of like faith shopping. You know, we went around to a bunch of different churches and worship centers yeah. and like seeing what felt best for us. And she's always been that way. She's always kind of like been a seeker of her own spirituality, which I yes. so respect yeah, about her. Absolutely. Um, but when she told me that she was a teenager when that happened. Ugh. Yeah. And that was before the exorcist. But she was like, I completely believe that Ooh. beings can possess other human vessels. I'm sure. <laughs> well, in that same vein, remember that, that night that Grace was talking about when I just kept sending her exorcism shit. I went through a phase where I was totally and completely obsessed with the exorcism of, of Annalise Mikhail. Right. I like was just obsessed and I couldn't stop. I like delved so deeply into it. You know who did a great episode on that is Case File. Really? Yeah. Case File, awesome true crime podcast, no bullshit. It's just this one guy. Cool. Who like gives straight, it's a good one to fall asleep to because he has like this wonderful um, Australian accent and it's like a very soothing voice even though okay. he talks about really messed up stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's great. He did an episode on that. Yeah. I will definitely listen to that. I like 
was in it was a deep wormhole but that's what inspired the exorcism of emily rose yes which also has yes some curses but let me talk about rosemary's baby seen it that's me oh i think i knew that um and fuck you roman polanski you child fucker but this is a great movie it is a really good movie. <laughs> sorry i'm sorry Sharon Tate. that guy has lived the weirdest the life. weirdest life whoa weirdest I'm, life. now i'm putting it together and it's like real fucked up real fucked yeah up. talk about weird. um okay so rosemary's baby is gonna be my mini one because okay. i'm not going that in depth um, if you're of a certain age, you... Oh, this is from Real Clear Life. <laughs> All right. Which is not me. If you're a certain age, you've likely seen Rosemary's Baby, the 1968 original. Damn. 68 holds up. It does. My mom uh, loves Rosemary's Baby. Uh, it's one of my... It's my favorite. It's probably my absolute number one favorite. Yeah. Just in terms of... I love Mia Farrow. I mm-hmm. love how innocent she... It, they just really didn't hide um, anything. Mm-hmm. Like, they made it clear that she was the, you know, the doe. That mm-hmm. she was the... Um, what am I saying? What am I trying to say? The pure, you know, pure person. And that her husband would do anything to be famous. Mm-hmm. So, um, spoiler alert. Oh, there was a remake? Yeah. Oh. I never saw it. Zoe Saldana was in it? Oh, what? No. I didn't know it was that recent. Uh, okay. Anyway, as scary as the premise, which she, which sees Rosemary, Mia Farrow, mothering Satan's child, the, the real behind the scenes story may be even more terrifying. So, if you don't know, um, Mia Farrow and her husband move into this apartment building in New York, and her husband meets the neighbors who are Satan worshippers, and they promise him fame and fortune in uh, return for their firstborn child, which will become the reincarnate of Satan. Major spoiler alert. Sorry, should have said that before. Um, but Rosemary didn't know that. Right. The mother. She didn't know that. She was having nightmares of, like, kind of premonitions about that stuff, but whatever. And then the neighbors started taking, like, um, way too much of a part of her life, and she got really freaked out and mm-hmm. started asking doctors, like, help me, save me, like. But they were all. But they all. They're witches! They're witches! They're all witches! And so they tried to have her committed. As they always do. Yeah. Okay. So, but behind the scenes, um, what you may not know is how much grief the film and previously the book brought to all who came in contact with it. There's a Hollywood legend that this story as well is cursed. So Vanity Fair's Rosemary Counter, the perfect name for a journalist writing on this subject, don't you think? <laughs> Among her findings said the movie came out in June 1968. 
the autumn, that autumn, how do you say this? Christoph? Christoph Comida, who scored the movie, fell off a cliff and into a coma. Jesus Christ. Never regaining consciousness. Oh, so good. He died. Mm. Oh, in that's April, sad. I am very sad. Uh, and we just played a little bit of that score. Yeah, it was excellent. I love that. I it's one of my favorite um, scores. That's what I always. Excuse you. That's what I always think. Um, la, 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 la. Coven. Oh yeah, Coven. I think took it's a very, lot. Of, they did. They yeah. did totally. Um, American Horror Story. Yes. Yeah. One of my favorite seasons. Not yours. Yeah, not mine. But I liked it. Did you hear season nine is going to be the crossover between Coven and Murder House? Really? Yeah. I still want a fucking ghost ship, goddammit. I just rewatched Ghost Ship. Yeah. The best fucking opening scene in any horror movie yes. ever. Well, that's With what... the line? Yeah, that, that goes through. Yes. That's what, um, <laughs> that's what, uh, Colt was supposed to be. What do they you were mean? teetering oh, on the ghost ship, ship and that's cult. right. I, maybe that'll be this season. Oh, come the fuck Because the, ni- the, ni- the ninth, yeah, ninth the ninth is the the crossover. The, Eighth, the last we don't one. know. And yet. there's supposed supposedly just nine seasons. Yeah. Because of the nine the circles of hell. Yeah. Rings of hell. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Okay, so in April 1969, the film's producer William Castle contracted a terrible case of kidney stones. Ooh, sorry for your urethra, William. For real. Uh, as Connor writes, while delirious in the hospital, he hallucinated scenes from the film and was said to have yelled, Rosemary, for God's sake, drop the knife. Fuck. Castle recovered, just barely, and never made a Hollywood film again. Oh. Director Roman Polanski's pregnant wife at the time, Sharon Tate, mm. we all know, was brutally murdered in August 1969 by the Manson family, along with the couple's unborn son. Girl. That's so fucking devastating. When did this come out? 68. So, the next year. Yeah. God. At the Tate crime scene, Helter Skelter was written, misspelled, that is, in blood on the wall. The song was on the Beatles' White Album, and years later, John Lennon would be assassinated near the luxury apartment building the Dakota where Rosemary's Baby was filmed. Jesus Christ. So, it all comes full circle. Yeah, not the best. No. Not the best. But that can you, that's not coincidence. No, well. It, it, it's divine it's, coincidence. Yes, 100%. Um, the author of the novel Rosemary's Baby, Ira Levin, was not immune from the curse. His then-wife, whose pregnancy he loosely based this plot on, oh, Christ. Wow. <laughs> di- divorced him in 68, and he was dogged by religious groups for years. He would end his career as a recluse and in obscurity. I don't know what that means. Probably, like, a um, recluse is, like, what? Someone who kind of, like... Who, as a hermit, never yes. leaves their yeah, house. Yeah. Um... Uh, who wrote um, J.D. Salinger? Yes. Same thing. Yes. Who just never, ever left his house. Yes. And had so many unpublished works. That's so sad. J.D. Salinger. Okay, so that's what I have for Rosemary's Baby. You pop that light on for me. You pop that top off for pop me. Pop that top off. <laughs> Rosemary's Baby. 
I'm just like on it today. I don't know what my deal For, is. With your singing? Yeah, I don't know. I know, you're always on it. I'm just like, mm, 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 mm. Um, okay, so the last one, my little minis. Um, these are like real minis. Yeah. Um, the Exorcism of Emily Rose. That is what the Exorcism of uh, Annalise Michel is based on. Yes. Um, which you want to get yourself into a weird place. Oh, God. Go it's there. It's so weird because it's. Go fact- there. It's true. It's true. Um, so the long and the short of it is uh, this um, uh, doctor, doctor, not doctor, father, father Moore, um, he was performing an exorcism on this young, like, uh, early 20s girl, uh, Annalise, and, and she died during it. She was displaying signs of psychosis. Psychosis. And and now, if looking back on it, what they tried, they, there was a huge trial on it. Um, and this was the movie did the same thing. It was okay. This girl was she psychotic or was she possessed? She was absolutely and psychotic. Her family and Annalise agreed to the exorcism. So, but then she died, and her family was like, "Fuck you." Well, they got charged with attempted murder. Yes. Sorry, so, I didn't mean to. Jump. No, no, no. You're totally yeah. fine. Um. So her parents firmly believed that she needed the exorcism and not medical care. So that was what the... Well, because she had spent time in a mental institution and it did nothing. Yes. Um, the only weird thing on the set of Emily Rose was the actress Jennifer Carpenter, the one who played mm-hmm. Emily. Um, she claimed she felt like a weird presence around her the whole time she was filming, which could just be coincidence. But what was weird is... Her alarm, so obviously they stayed on trailers, mm-hmm. whatever, and her alarm clock constantly went off. Like At 3 a.m. No, just like randomly throughout the day and would only play Pearl Jam's Alive. Huh. And, oh, God. And, Poor girl. Yes. <laughs> and so like she never, <laughs> she never like could stop it. Like it just kept going off. Was yeah. she a Pearl Jam fan? I'm going to say no. <laughs> I sound just like him. You really do. <laughs> yeah. We got Eddie Vedder in the house. Yeah. Anyway, that would be really fucked up. That would be fucked up because she was playing a possessed woman who died. Who's still alive. Who's saying, I'm still alive. That's super fucked. It's super fucked up. Um, the last one I'm going to do is The Conjuring. The Conjuring, I guess, has some stuff. Cool. Yeah. Um, so obviously... Based on a true story, true story, mm-hmm, loose, mm-hmm. use oh, that very yeah. loosely. Especially when it has to do with the fucking the warrants. warrants. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, well, they got, they became famous because of Amityville, right? Yes. Okay. That's what I thought. Um, so, things. And uh, Haunting in Connecticut, but the film cut them out because they're frauds. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so, uh, things weren't going so hot for Vera Farmiga, who I we love her. her. And Tasia. Tasia. I like Tasia more. I like Vera better. Mm. Um, so mm. she agreed to Skype director James Wan after reading the script. The following morning, she went to her computer and found three claw marks scratched across her screen. 
What? This is recent. This is like five years. Yes. And it says, during the shoot, she constantly woke up between 3 and 4 a.m., a period of time which is of pivotal importance to the plot, which could be, like, there's times where I wake What's up. What's the movie? What's the movie? Um, it is The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Is it? it where the lawyer is trying yes. to prove. Yes. Yeah, and yes. her oven's open. Yes. And, yeah, it yes. is the 3.30 and the, yeah, the witching hour. Oh, yeah, it's the witching hour. And then... I loved The Exorcism of Emily Rose. We should watch that. We I loved it. It's so good. Um, And then the last one is Brandon Lee from The Crow. Oh, I know. That was so sad. Okay, well, explain for people who don't know. Okay. Um, the Crow is so good. It's so good. I haven't seen it in maybe 10, I know. 10 years. Oh, my God. We should watch that. But, okay, we have two movies to okay. watch tonight. All right. So good. Can um, you tell all we do? That's all we do. All we do is And so- I, I'm just like, no, you guys, I have to, I can't go out tonight. I have to watch a horror film. It's for my other it's job. It's for research. It's, it's for, for my, my job. job. Um, <laughs> so anyway, Brandon Lee, it's Star, who's beautiful was accidentally shot and killed after the gun used in a scene was not made safe, which was like, holy shit. So um, literally cursed movie set. Yes. Yeah. And finally, oh, finally. Jesus walks. Okay, so The Passion of the Christ. I don't know if you went to this. I was Catholic. So. I snuck into The Passion of Why the Christ. Why would you do that? Because I'm a terrible person. Okay, well, I went with my mom, dad, grandma, and brother. Like, it was a double feature situation. Uh, I, like, saw a movie in there. Oh, yeah. hopped it, which yeah. we were going to do last week with Insidious, but we sh- just didn't. So, Jean Michelini, the assistant director on this 2004 movie, was struck by lightning twice! <laughs> Thrice! Twice! On top of that, lead actor, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, no. Oh, gosh, darn. Oh, no. Uh, Jim Caviezel was also hit by a bolt of lightning with claims smoke poured out of his ears and he looked like he'd been completely lit up. You know what that makes me think of? What? Powder. I love Oh my god! Here's the thing, guys. If you want to watch the saddest movie, like that's not based on something real, watch powder. Watch powder. Oh, poor buddy. It's the saddest movie I've ever seen, and it's so 90s. Talk about Pearl so Jam. Nice. So if if y'all are the girls that are wearing henna chokers and you want to feel more 90s. Go watch Powder. Oh, yeah. God. Okay. Well, on that note. Um, um, next week, we absolutely have to do listener stories. So yes. please, if you have one, send it to ghoulgangpodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And while you're at it, please follow us on Twitter at ghoulgangpod666. And on Instagram, even though, thanks to the Upside, Upside Down, Down Podcast... podcast we have kind of skyrocketed in our followers. I literally texted Grace and was like, what, what is, is happening? happening? And I was like, I messaged these girls and told them that they won an award. And all of a sudden, we have 1,300 followers. Yeah, dude. <laughs> we got like 900 followers in like two days. Thank you, ladies. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank, Thank you. you. 
Yeah. All right. So um, we love you. We're going to get our merch ready. We'll probably put up a couple polls to see what, what designs yeah. you want. Totes. Totes um, gates. Totes McGates. Uh So creep it real. And we love you. We will see you next week. Thank uh-huh.